This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never podcast. And welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show. It is, of course, Mr. Dave Statman Roberts. Hi, Dave. Hello, Natalie. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. It feels like not that long ago that I actually saw you. Indeed. Indeed. We had uh, we had a little watch party at Bromley HQ yesterday. Statman Dave came to watch the Spurs game um, over at our gaff. Um, so we, we were tempted to record this live, weren't we, when we were in person, but we decided against it. We were a bit frustrated after the Spurs results, so we decided to, to sulk off home instead, didn't we? Um, we did. Um, this is a p- penultimate preview show of the season, Dave. This is it sad. Is. It's gone very quick, hasn't it? It's gone very quick. Yet sometimes it's felt like we've done nothing but record preview shows. Um, And listeners, this is, of course, take two again, because we actually published a preview show when this fixture was scheduled to go ahead back at the Christmas period or New Year, whenever it was. Um, So luckily, we did manage to be able to recycle some of this. But we have freshened it up a little bit for you so that we aren't just repeating ourselves. We have got some uh, fun stats in there. But before we get on to that, of course, as ever, we have a quiz question that we need to give you an answer to. Now, before the Spurs game and that preview show, we asked you the following question. Which Burnley player is the club's all-time top scorer in away games against Spurs in league and cup competitions combined? Mr. Statman, did we get any correct answers? And what was that answer? Uh, Well, one Burnley player scored four goals for us in away games at Spurs, and it wasn't Willie Irvin who scored three in one match. Uh, He netted a hat-trick. That was in uh, a 4-3 defeat in an FA Cup tie in February 1966. Um, It was, in fact, his strike partner, Andy Lockhead, who went one better with four goals. Uh, Three of those were scored in 1963, They were all in different games. One was in uh, an FA Cup tie and two were in league games across two seasons. And the other was scored in the league game in 1966. 
So we were looking for Andy Lockhead as the correct answer to our quiz question from last week. And did we get any correct answers from our loyal band of listeners? Uh, we did. We just got the one correct answer, though. In the end, we had um, an email from uh, Jan Gesileski, who got in touch and he either knew or guessed that it was Andy Lockhead as the correct answer. I think we also got quite a comical email as well. Was it a Twitter from one of our listeners who quite amusingly suggested that he had no idea what the answer was, but it always seemed to be Peter Noble when it was these kind of questions, which... Uh, Made me laugh quite a lot. I can't remember who that was. Who was it who sent that uh, into us? Tim, Tim Holden came Tim, up with uh, that, yes. It was Tim, yes. It was very amusing. I remember me chuckled at that message. Uh, it's quite true. I, I, Tim, I'm the same. I have a, a bank of, of answers that I just usually give to Dave if I don't know the answer. Um, well, you don't need to wait very long, listeners, for the very last quiz question of this season of the preview show. You just need to hang around to the end of the show. So don't go anywhere because Dave will be giving you a brand new question right at the end of this episode. Premier League head to head. Okay, here we go. Another key game, Dave, and it is Aston Villa away from home, Thursday the 19th of May. 8pm kickoff, now going to be broadcast live on Sky Sports. So why don't you kick us off with the history of this fixture, please, starting with Premier League meetings. Uh, yeah, Burnley have played Aston Villa at Villa Park on four previous occasions in the Premier League. And we are unbeaten in our three most recent visits to play there in Premier League matches. Uh, we suffered a heavy defeat in February 2010, uh, that was our first Premier League season, uh, despite taking the lead uh, through a Stephen Fletcher goal in the 10th minute. Uh, the home side then scored five without reply before Chris Eagles netted a consolation in injury time at the end of the game to make it 5-2. That wasn't a very uh, pleasant afternoon down in Birmingham. Uh, however, with that bad news out of the way, the good news is that Burnley are unbeaten in our other three games at Villa Park since then. Uh, we won 1-0 in the last match of the 2014-15 season, uh, with Danny Ings scoring the only goal uh, before moving on to Liverpool. And in September 2019, we played out an entertaining 2-2 draw. Uh, that just leaves last season, and that match was a goalless draw played behind closed doors, which was almost exactly a year prior to the original date of this fixture, which was uh, it took place on 17th of December 2020. Mm, interesting. Memory match! Um, why don't you let everybody know what game you've chosen then for our memory match feature, please? Uh, well, as we mentioned, our only win at Villa Park in the Premier League era was an end-of-season match, which didn't really have any meaning as Burnley had already been relegated. So we're going to go back, uh, delve into the archives uh, for a top-flight victory. Uh, that was from Burnley's golden era of the 1960s. Uh, and here are the uh, key match events. We've got a um, uh, couple of goals from uh, John Kennelly and Gordon Harris were the goal scorers. Before that, uh, Burnley actually won 1-0 at Villa Park in March 1950, but it remained somewhat of a bogey ground as we didn't win there on any of our next 13 visits. We lost 10 and drew three. Uh, that was uh, before the match, which we're going to look at in more detail, which took place on the 24th of March, 1962. Uh, Burnley was scheduled to play the FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park the following Saturday against Fulham. So this was a chance for the players to familiarise themselves with the surroundings. Uh, back to the league game, though, and in terms of those goals, uh, John Kennelly, as we said, scored the opener in the seventh minute. Uh, that was from a Jimmy McElroy chip-free kick. 
played across to him to finish with a powerful shot from a narrow angle. Uh, the score remained 1-0 to Burnley, with Adam Blacklow able to keep out the Villa forwards. With only a couple of minutes remaining, Gordon Harris cut inside from the left and finished with a low shot past Nigel Sims to double the lead and seal the victory. Uh, this match also cropped up in our podcast special um, with former Burnley chairman Barry Kilby. That was earlier this season, uh, as he told George Poole and myself about a trip he made with his dad to see this very match at Villa Park. So do go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Um, although it was a welcome victory, with Burnley riding high at the top of the table, it was our only away win in the last 10 away games we played between the start of 1962 and the end of that season. And after being well ahead of Ipswich, we were eventually overtaken and failed to register our third league title due to a dramatic dip in form during the second half of the campaign, particularly in the last couple of months of the season. On this day... Um- Okay, so next is up to um, on this day fixture, please, which is when we look at um, an ever-shrinking list, actually, at the moment, of matches played on the same date in the past year. Dave, you have my admiration trying to get this fixture in here when we've been uh, getting the season extended as much as we have. I did check ahead. Yeah, we're fine for this one, and we're okay for um, Sunday as well, although we're going to have to pull in a couple of uh, friendly games just to kind of pad it out a little bit. Um, During the two world wars, normal football competitions were replaced with regionalised league and cup competitions. Uh, They aren't uh, considered as competitive fixtures for the purposes of of the record books. Uh, But one such match took place at Turf Moor on the 19th of May, 1945. Uh, Burnley beat Tranmere Rovers 5-1. The next time we played on 19th of May was in a friendly That was in Turkey six years later in 1951. The Clarets beat Turkish side uh, Ankara Guku in Ankara by a 3-1 scoreline, although Burnley fullback Reg Kirkham suffered a broken leg. And on to our first proper competitive match on this date, uh, and that was in 1991. Uh, We travelled to Plainmoor for a playoff semi-final first leg fixture against Torquay United, which we lost 2-0. Although we followed that with a 1-0 win at Turf Moor a few days later, the aggregate defeat meant that we missed out on a playoff final and the chance of promotion. However, we certainly weren't staying down forever and gained promotion as champions the following season. Uh, Twelve months later, incidentally, on the back of that fourth division title win, Burnley welcomed a young Ajax side to Turf Moor for a friendly on the 19th of May 1992. Uh, Managed by Louis van Gaal, the Dutch side included players such as Edwin van der Sar and Edgar Davids, and the visitors narrowly won the match 1-0. That just leaves one match, which took place uh, exactly 12 months ago, with COVID restrictions being relaxed, three and a half thousand lucky Burnley fans who won free tickets in a ballot were there to see the return of supporters to Turf Moor for a Premier League match against Liverpool. However, the delight of being able to be back in the ground was rather spoiled by the result as the visitors won the game 3-0. That concludes our history of this particular fixture day, so why don't you bring us bang up to date with the present, starting with our scouting report. Scouting Report! Yeah, well, as we know, Aston Villa are yet another Premier League club who no longer have the manager they started the season with. Uh, Stephen Gerrard left Rangers in early November to take over from Dean Smith. And although he has had a tricky start to his time as manager, he has at least been able to ensure Villa's survival. 
Um, although Villa recouped £100 million for Jack Grealish, who departed for Manchester City last summer, they immediately splashed the vast majority of that on three players in the summer window. Um, Emmy Buendia from Norwich City for around £34.5 million, Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen for almost £29 million, and ex-Claret Danny Ings from Southampton for around £26.5 million. They also signed Ashley Young and Axel Twanzebe on free transfers. Uh, they continue to splash the cash in the January window. Uh, they paid £27 million for Luca Digne from Everton, as well as bringing in Robin Olsen, Callum Chambers and Philippe Coutinho on loan. Uh, they've recently agreed to pay a further £18 million to make Coutinho a permanent signing. Uh, we mentioned in this section for the reverse fixture not that long ago, they've made the switch from using a 4-3-3 formation towards a 4-4-2 formation with a midfield diamond in recent months, and that may well be the way they line up again on Thursday. Uh, Ollie Watkins is Villa's top scorer in Premier League games with 11, with Danny Ings in second place on seven goals. Uh, incidentally, ex-Claret Danny Ings scored the opener in Villa's recent 3-1 win at Turf Moor and has now scored in each of his last four games against Burnley. Uh, three of those were for Southampton uh, and the most recent one for Aston Villa. In terms of FPL points, perhaps surprisingly, it's a defender, Matty Cash, who leads away for Aston Villa with 138 points so far. The other Villa players with over 100 points are time-wasting goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez with 126, Ollie Watkins with 124, Tyrone Mings with 116, Jacob Ramsey with 105, Danny Ings with 104, and John McGinn with exactly 100. For comparison, Nick Pope is the only Burnley player uh, with 123 points to have exceeded 100 FPL points so far this season. Yeah, it's probably not a massive surprise, actually, given some of the goals we've conceded and the lack of goals we've scored, I guess. That probably makes sense. Um, well, you've heard from him less than two weeks ago in the reverse fixture, but again, to bring you a bit of balance with an opposition view, we once again caught up with Cole Patton. Petham, is that how we're pronouncing it, Dave? Um, for the Haltcast podcast, who is going to give us his views ahead of the game. Opposition view. Hey there, no nay never listeners. Cole Petham here once again within a matter of what one or two weeks or whatever it is from the 7500 Holt website in Holtcast podcast. Of course, giving you a little bit of the Aston Villa perspective. Like I said, it's only been what one to two weeks since um, us two sides have faced off. Of course, a 3 1 win for the Villa at Turf Moor. Still a little annoyed that we conceded at the end with that Maxwell Cornier goal. Um, to be honest, I don't know where our defense went, but nonetheless, I think they thought the job was done and thought, you know what, we'll just give them one back to feel good because <laughs> I, I, that's the best I can explain that. But, anyways, going into this one, I mean, from the Burnley perspective, you guys are in absolute desperation mode. Two games left, and I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a kind of in hand, kind of brief bit of confidence knowing that many teams around you only have that single game, I believe, including Leeds. Um, so, you know what, personally, I mean, doesn't really mean much coming from me with my club more than safe. Um, I still think Leeds are going to get relegated. I still think even with that point, they're still sleepwalking into the final spot. And with Burnley, I mean, I can easily see you picking up either a point in this game or three in the final game, which I believe is against Newcastle, if I'm thinking correctly. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's one of those things where you just, you never know. I mean, the Premier League's pretty 
darn predictable these days, isn't it? I would have never thought that Everton would be where they are. Um, but you know what, that's just how this season has really gone. Um, kind of looking at it from a statistical point of view, it's been a very, very long time since Villa have done the double over uh, Burnley. I think it's since the 1925-26 season um, that Villa have actually managed to do so. So it's almost been 100 years, so I guess would it be fitting to do so? We'll have to wait. Maybe Burnley stay up and we finally do it 100 years exactly to that campaign. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Another stat I found very, very interesting is Burnley have lost just one of their last seven away league matches against Villa. They've won three and drawn three, and I think that was the 5-2 loss that Burnley suffered at Villa Park back in February of 2010. So it's definitely been a good long while. Maybe that's not good for us, but then you look at another one. Um, We've definitely been very good in our final home league games of the season for the past two. We beat Arsenal um, 1-0 in the 2019-2020 season, which kind of kick-started our survival. And then, of course, last season we beat Chelsea 2-1 on the final day, which definitely gave a lot of the fan base a lot more optimism than we're feeling at the moment but nonetheless it should be a very very interesting game I mean from a lineup perspective for Villa I think if we're going from the the previous game that we just played the the one I'll draw it's it's definitely going to be a tricky one I mean I didn't expect us to go out against Palace with the same team that we did a few days earlier against Liverpool uh, so I guess with that in mind I would pretty much expect the same 11 that Burnley faced what a matter of one or two weeks ago with probably Emmy Buendia coming in for Coutinho. Uh, maybe we shuffle things up in the midfield. I think Jacob Ramsey is now uh, back fully fit and firing. So maybe he places Dougie uh, replaces Dougie Louise, I should say in the midfield. But aside from that, I can't really see too many changes, but you never know at this point in the season with um, maybe a, a place or two to, improve upon for Villa maybe we we look at that as a few more million pounds we can get maybe we look at it from the perspective which I believe Villa should be looking at it as being party poopers for the relegation fight and of course Man City on the final day and I think if you're a Burnley fan a Villa fan any kind of fan you probably know why I want um, Villa to beat or make Man City suffer on the final day and not win the title. Uh, Maybe I'm a little bit bitter, but anyways, that's just me. But anyways, I'm going to go with a... I hate being this bold, but for some reason I can just see it. Um, I'm going to go with a 3-1 Villa win again. I don't know why. I just feel like the first goal is going to be massively important for this one. And when I really sit back and look at it, I think if it's Villa that score it, I feel like Burnley are going to be really on the back foot, panicking quite a bit, and that could really inflict a little bit more pain. On the other hand, if Burnley score first, I don't know, does that kind of give you guys a little bit too much to defend too soon if you score early, for instance? So we'll have to wait and see, but nonetheless, I'll be a confident Villa fan and go with a 3-1 win. Once again, thanks to the guys over at No Name Never for having me on. It's always appreciated, and yeah, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Okay, last but not means least, Dave, I think we've got a referee watch to keep an eye on. Uh, Yeah, for the fifth time this season, Wigan-based official Paul Tierney will take charge of a Burnley match. Uh, Like this one, all of the other four matches have been away from Turf Moor. And after defeats in the first three, they were at Newcastle United, Leeds United and Brentford. 
Burnley managed a draw in the most recent of the four. That was at West Ham United in mid-April. Uh, prior to this season, Burnley had won some matches, which Paul Tierney had refereed. Uh, we have six victories from 18 past matches, although only two of those were in matches away from Turf Moor. Uh, his previous Burnley matches haven't been without some controversial moments, as well as dismissing Brian Stock in an FA Cup third round tie at Barnsley in 2013 for two cautions, the first of which was disputed as a mistaken identity. He also failed to order penalty for a blatant foul on Jeff Hendrick by goalkeeper Jonas Lossell in a goalless draw at Huddersfield in 2017, December 2017. It was a really blatant incident uh, towards the end of the game, and uh, I think he was the only person on the ground who, uh, who didn't see it, and we didn't have VAR back then. Uh, but when you consider just how low the bar can be for awarding a penalty... Um, it does beg a belief when you look back at some of the incidents that didn't warrant a spot kick, like the one I've just mentioned. Uh, finally, for this section, though, John Brooks will be the video assistant referee on Thursday evening. Good stuff. Well, I know you don't like to leave it there, Dave. I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you dive deep into those pockets of yours and give our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week? Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Uh, yeah, it's not so much an individual stat this week, but more of a reminder of some vital end-of-season matches. Uh, regarding, regardless of the results on Thursday's match, uh, which we're previewing now, uh, we know the season will be decided by the matches played on the final day of the season. Uh, so it's perhaps time to revisit some other memorable seasons which went down to the very last set of matches. Uh, two that particularly stand out are the Orient game in May 1987, when Burnley needed to win and also rely on other results elsewhere going their way. Thankfully, goals from Neil Grucock and Ian Britton helped the Clarets to a 2-1 win and some helpful results in the other pivotal matches meant that Burnley stayed up when the alternative was life in the conference or perhaps worse than that, liquidation and the loss of our great club. Uh, 11 years later, in 1998, we faced Plymouth Argyle as we attempted to avoid a drop back to the fourth tier under Chris Waddle. And it was another 2-1 home win with a brace of goals from Andy Cook which ensured that Burnley stayed up once again. Can we do the same this season? I'm sure we'd all welcome a 2-1 victory over Newcastle United, although whether our collective nerves can take the pressure between now and Sunday afternoon is another matter. So if you have any memories of interesting stories of the Orient or Plymouth games, or can recall any other memorable end-of-season matches, then do get in touch in the usual ways and let us know. And we'll see if we can include some of them in our last preview show of the season when we look ahead to that vital home game against Newcastle United on Sunday. So given where we are, um, obviously we've just had the weekend's fixtures. Um, Everton, well, I still think Everton are not going to go down. I think there's too many there's, there's too many things that have to happen for Everton to go down and there's no room for error in any of those. The, the, an exact... Um, set of results have to happen to, for them to go down. Um, I still think it's a straight shootout between Leeds and Burnley. I don't think that Leeds equaliser yesterday changed things that much. I think they needed a win uh, more than anything. I think they'll be disappointed with that. But taking all that into account, um, how are we feeling about going away from home for Villa, Dave, and trying to get what we hope will be three points? Um. I definitely think we're in a stronger position than Leeds in the fact that we've got another game left to play. I think we've got an opportunity of getting a result against Aston Villa. Hopefully we've learned something from the recent game against them and we can turn it around and um, and turn the tables on them. They obviously beat us at Turf Moor 
we'll be looking to uh, get a positive result at Villa Park. And I think we can take some confidence into it based on the performance on Sunday as well. We didn't get the result against Spurs, but it was um, a, a slightly different formation. I thought we executed the game plan uh, reasonably well. We had some chances in front of goal that we didn't take and, and we were done by a, a dodgy penalty decision in the end. That was the only difference between the uh, the two teams. Yeah, I mean, we both said that, didn't we, at the end of the game? As annoying as Sunday was and how much it felt like we were absolutely robbed, what it did fill us with was a great deal of comfort and confidence that we could get something from Villa and from Newcastle, particularly if they don't have anything left to play for. Um, It was a much stronger performance away at Spurs than it was at home to Villa just the week before. Um, Irrespective of that, Dave, I know you're telling us that we need to get a, a result from there. Do you think we will? Do you think we can? Put your neck on the line here, please. Uh, I think we can. I think if I was going to predict a result and you're going to ask me for a scoreline, then I think a draw is more likely. So I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw and it's got to score sometime. Dwight McNeil has had 48 attempts on goal this season, hasn't scored a goal yet. That's the most for anyone who hasn't scored a goal. He's due one, so he's going to get a couple of chances going to take one of them and he's going to get a goal and it's going to be a, a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it when you can combine the instructions for the for the podcast with your stats as well, Dave. You're such a pro. Um, I'm going to predict a win. Um, I think that Burnley will not want to go to leave anything to chance or to go into that last game of the season in a slightly precarious position um I think that they will be up for it I think they will take the opportunity that's been given to them and I think they will win I'm going to say a 2-0 win to the Clarets and I'm going to say uh, Dwight McNeil and Ashley Barnes I think he's going to score I thought he did really well you know I really felt for him that he was the one that conceded that ridiculous penalty because I think he he really he he executed the role he'd been brought in for against Spurs just very very well and I was delighted to see him play well. Um, listeners, you know the drill by now. Please, we want a score prediction from you. Please, we also want to know who the scorers are going to be and how they scored those goals. You can tweet us at none and ever. You can email us at um, the preview show at noneandever.net, or you can leave a comment on our Facebook page. Okay, moving on, Dave. Uh, FPL I'm, I'm slightly I don't really know where we're up to with this because we said we were going to give an update then we weren't and then we forgot to take a screenshot so I don't really know what you've got in store for our listeners why don't you uh why don't you tell us what you're going to do please uh, well we can't give you a, a, a game week 37 update we're in the middle of that at the moment and the game's right up until Thursday in there and that's going to kind of scupper us for doing the um the Newcastle preview as well but we were hoping uh, to bring you uh, a snapshot as you say from uh, game week 36 but somebody who shall rename, uh, remain nameless uh, me uh, forgot to take a snapshot of the uh, league tables and it's very difficult on the FPL website to go back and work out what the scores were at a particular point in time but I am going to try and build the tension um, by reading out the names of a dozen managers who even with a half a game week in there, these are the ones who I think are still in with a chance of taking the much-coveted no-nay-never league champion title. Uh, so those 12 are, in no particular order, uh, Will Cooper, Callum Davis, Chris Horner, D. Hunter, Jacob Sapwell, Ursay, Chris Stanworth, Jack Toner, Tall Paul, Luke Lambert, Sean Retty and Adam Dennett. So our winner, I'm fairly confident, I'm really, really confident, is going to come from one of those 12. But there are still games to play. 
the half a game week plus another full game week, the last uh, match of the season. There might be ones of those who've kept a, um, a bonus chip to the end for the last game, might just boost them up and give them the title. We shall have to wait and see, but it could go down to the wire and one of those is going to win. Um, it's also too close to call in the battle for May's Manager of the Month. So that's another one where you're going to have to wait until the end of the season to discover who's the latest manager to win a No Nay Never sticker, uh, which just leads the No Nay Never FPL Cup. We do know at uh, the semi final lineup, uh, they are uh, Basil Elenikena uh, versus Craig Smith and Aidan Thompson against Lee Banks. So our winner for the Cup is going to come from one of those four. So when the Game Week 37 is finished, it will calculate who the winner is, and then the two winners of those ties will go through, and they'll effectively play each other for Game Week 38, the last uh, Sunday of the season. Uh, so good luck to all of our FPL managers for the remaining fixtures, and we will bring you uh, all the news of the final standings as soon as we can. Remember hearing my name in the list of people who might win. I've had two really strong game weeks where you said that I well I got like eighty points last week. So why why is my name not in the list? Um, it's too too late, I'm afraid. But I got eighty. You've made a gallant run at it, but it's just a little bit too late. Well, beware, listeners, because I feel like the penny might have dropped in the last couple of weeks. I think I might get it. I understand those magic beans a bit more. And I understand it when people talk about double game weeks and stuff. I'm starting to understand what people are saying. And I've been tinkering with my team for a couple of weeks. And I've got like points. I've got 82 points last week, which is unheard of for me. So watch your backs, listeners, next season. My name is going to be all over that trophy. Um, well, on, although we know we're going to be in a similar position next week where we record our final preview show of the season, we are definitely going to give you some final FPL updates after the season is going to be finished. So what we're probably going to do is do a um, an awards night where we, you know, like a, a celebration. We're going to do an open open top bus tour for the um, FPL. We'll probably get our previous ones on. And actually, Sean Danaher, if you are listening, you are our reigning champion. Uh, remind me to get in touch with you, please, because it'd be nice for you to come on and, and pass the trophy over to our new champion. Um, <clears throat> assuming you don't make an amazing late run and, <laughs> and win it. <coughs> Excuse me, listeners, I'm having a... I'm having a coughing fit here at the same time. It, this, it's all this talk about me winning the FPL next year. It's uh, it sent me a bit loopy. Statman Dave's quiz question. Right, I think all that leaves us now then, Dave, is to deliver on what we promised to our listeners, and that is, of course, to give them a uh, quiz question, please. The final quiz question of the 2022 None and Ever preview show season. Yes, this week's quiz question is as follows. Uh, as we know, Burnley were defeated at Spurs following the award of a very controversial penalty, which Harry Kane converted. Mm. Uh, this was just the third time since Burnley's promotion to the Premier League in 2009 that we'd lost an away game 1-0 with the opponent scoring the only goal with a penalty. But can you name the opposition penalty goal scorers in the other two games? I can, because hilariously, as you were just doing that, the answers flashed up on my script. I don't know if it's ever done that before. They're on a cell in the spreadsheet, so if you hover on it, you see the answer. I did. I I, I, now, I now know who they are. How, how am I? It's the final game of the season and I'm just finding this out. Oh, my goodness. Listeners, I could have cheated at this quiz all, all season and I didn't. Um, well, I now know what the answers are because I'm just, I'm just seeing the answers. But why don't you then please tell our listeners how they submit their question um, answers, please, Dave, correct or otherwise? 
Yeah, you can either look at the spreadsheet or you can uh, get in touch with us. You can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no Nay Never. You can send an email to us, and that email address is previewshow at nonanever.net, or you can also reply uh, on the post that will go up for this preview show on either the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Excellent. Uh, well, you're going to have to be very, very quick again this time with your answers because we are going to have to record the final um, preview show of the season on Thursday evening, immediately after the Villa game to get it on the airways on Friday, ready for the weekend. So you have probably got until I would say seven, but shall we say kickoff for the Villa yeah. game, eight o'clock? You have got until the game kicks off at Villa Park on Thursday. Submit your answers, please, listeners, and you know how to do that. Um, are we leaving any community news, please, Dave? Uh, just a quick reminder uh, that as uh, Thursday's match is now being shown live on Sky Sports, it's also being broadcast in the fan zone at Turf Moor. Uh, tickets which cost £5 each and must be bought in advance, uh, but the cost of that does include uh, a drink and a slice of pizza. So if you can't be at Villa Park on Thursday and you're in the local area, uh, that might be the next best thing. Yeah, it sounds great. It'd be really good to get an atmosphere going there, especially if we take an early lead. There'll be some party atmosphere down there. Um, if you do go down to the fan zone, do tweet us from there, guys, and uh, let's share your pictures and your uh, live videos and things, and we'll, we'll share them on our Facebook page. That will be um, quite an exciting uh, end to the season. Um, that is everything then, I'm afraid, listeners. That's all we have time for. So as ever, my thanks go to everyone who has contributed to making this previous show and getting it out there. To Cole Petham from the Holt cast for providing us with his opposition view. Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded previous show announcements. Producer Matt, as ever, the MVP for getting this out there. And of course, Statman Dave for researching all of the stats, pulling them together and getting the preview show out there as it is last but by no means least you the listeners for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you godspeed to all traveling clarets making their way down to villa park on thursday we sold out all of our tickets and they the boys are going to need you more than they've ever need you so support the boys bring home those three points and just do take care of yourselves please uh, we will be back ready for the spurs not the spurs game sorry the newcastle game which will be oh the final game of the season we will know by that preview show exactly what shape we are in going into that final game Eek. um keep your stress levels calm listeners um if you need some therapy you need a group hug you know where we are this has been the preview show brought to you by the none and never podcast until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.